I want you to go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm doing a teaching on mighty manifestations of the Spirit. I remember last week I, I talked to you about 10 very important things that you need to know about the gifts of the Spirit. Today, I would start looking at the revelation gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, let's look at verses 1 and 2. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. I like that. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. So the Bible encourages us to desire spiritual gifts. But rather that you may prophesy. So prophecy is one of the spiritual gifts. And we are not going to look at prophecy today. But I just want you to see that the Bible wants us to desire spiritual gifts. So God wants us to desire spiritual gifts. Very important. So our place is to desire. And the place of the Holy Spirit is to determine who flows in what. We cannot determine to flow in prophecy. <clears throat> we cannot determine to see a vision. We cannot determine to give a word in tongues. No, it is as the Spirit of God wills. But what we must do is to desire. Now, when you read that in the Amplified Version, it, it says to earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, right, to earnestly. So there's got to be this strong desire in each of us to see and to experience the gifts of the Spirit in our church family. And I said to you last week that when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth, he wasn't writing to one particular guy in the church. Paul was writing to the entire church, to the body of Christ at Corinth. And he told them, all of you need to desire spiritual gifts. All of you need to let the Spirit of God move amongst you. And let the Spirit of God determine who flows in what. Who does what. Because these gifts are not as we will. These gifts manifest as the Spirit of God wills. Praise God. So it's important for you to see that. Our place is to desire. Say it with me. My place is to desire. Say it, my place is to earnestly desire. So when we desire as a church, the Holy Spirit will determine who does what, who flows in what, who flows in the power gifts, who flows in the revelation gifts, who flows in the utterance gifts. It is the, it is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to use you and I in different gifts as he wills. We cannot overstate this. This is a very important aspect of flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, that it is our desire to flow in the gifts of the Spirit as a church. We want to see an increase in this. We want to see God move mightily amongst us in this. So we have to desire each of us. And that is the reason why I am preaching this message or teaching this message that each of us will begin to desire and to say, Lord, as a church, 
We want to see an increase in the manifestations of the Spirit. We want to see mighty manifestations of the Spirit of God in our midst. We long for this. We desire this. As the deer pants after the water's brook, so does my soul pant after thee in a dry and a thirsty land. So we desire that each of us will flow in the gifts of the Spirit as a church. Lord, move mightily amongst us. And when we begin to desire together, guess what? The Holy Spirit will begin to determine who does what, who flows in what, as He wills. Can someone say amen? <coughs> so this is important. Can someone say praise God? So today, we shall be looking at the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. You have the gift of the word of wisdom. From 1 Corinthians 12, we read that last week. The gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of knowledge. And discerning of spirits. Now, these three are categorized as... The revelation gifts or the gifts that reveal something. So each of these three gifts reveal. But I want us to start with the gift of the word of knowledge. The gift of the word of knowledge is a supernatural insight into the mind of God regarding the past and the present. I want you to take note of that. This is supernatural. This is not natural. This is not natural. This is not human knowledge acquired through study or a lifetime of experience. If you notice, it is the gift of the word. It is not the general knowledge. It is the gift of the word of knowledge. Not general knowledge. So you don't study this thing in school. You don't consistently flow in this because of your academic prowess or your academic ability or because of your lifetime experience or because you are gray-headed. No, no, there is a place for that. But this is specifically supernatural insight, supernatural insight into the mind of God regarding the past and the present. So it is supernatural, which means if the Holy Spirit does not reveal it, there is no way you would know. This is also not all-knowing. You know, God is all-knowing, right? So this is not for us. It's not all-knowing because if it was all-knowing, then you will be God. So this is not speaking about this all-knowing ability that God possesses, which is God's omniscient. God's omniscient. This is not what that's talk, the, the gift of the word of knowledge is talking about, because this is, if it was so, then you will be God. But we are not. And this is also not being smart. It's important that we look at what this gift is not, because when you look at what this gift is not, it helps you to know what it is. So it is not being smart. Can someone say amen? It is not all-knowing. It is the gift of the word, of knowledge. It is not acquired because you have a very good education. 
Absolutely not. And I also want to say that this is one of the best, really one of the best friends of a pastor. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to know what's happening in the lives of people and to know what has happened. Are you listening to me? Look at Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, as we see the gift of the word of knowledge operate in Acts chapter 5. So it will help you understand that this is not uh, your regular knowledge. Because if it was your regular knowledge, you know, and then people have to go to school and study and then operate in this. But this is a supernatural ability, a supernatural insight into the mind of God that reveals to you what has happened or what is happening. Acts chapter 5, <coughs> let us see verse number 1. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the prize of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Notice Peter said, you have conceived this thing in your heart. So there was no way Peter would have known what this man and his wife had done. Because this was conceived in his heart. This was not an obvious thing. This was not something everyone could see. The only persons that knew about this was Ananias and his wife. No one else knew what these uh, these people have done. This couple got together and they said, we shall also sell our possession and we shall bring the proceed of our possession to church because that is what everyone else is doing. I truly believe one of the reasons why Ananias and Sapphira decided to sell their possession was because they had seen a man named Barnabas who had sold a land and had brought the money, all of it, to the feet of the apostles. And if you notice, when you study the life of Barnabas, the Bible tells us that he was named Barnabas by the apostles. And the meaning of the name is son of encouragement or son of consolation. So Barnabas was a constant giver. Barnabas was a man who was always helping the ministry. He was always helping the apostles. He was always helping the people in the church. And Barnabas was just this guy who he laid out his life and laid down his life to be a blessing materially to the people. And so when Ananias and Sapphira saw what Barnabas had done, they also said to themselves, let us also do the same that we might also make a name for ourselves. Because the more I thought about this yesterday, the more I began to see the motive behind Barnabas, uh, sorry, behind Ananias and Sapphira, the motive why they did what they did. The motive why they did what they did. 
This man Barnabas had been an encouragement to the body of Christ and they, the, the, the apostles gave him this special name, meaning you are a son of encouragement. This man has left a track record in that church. And this man, I mean, this man has done so much for the people of God to where the apostles said, no, we, you, you, you can't keep answering that name. We give you a new name. We, just like Peter named, uh, just like Jesus named Simon as Peter. Just like we see in the Bible, the names of several people that was changed. And so the apostles said, you are a son of encouragement. So Barnabas, and in essence, Sapphira said, let us also do the same. Let's also get a name for ourselves. And I want you to understand that all this stuff that was happening was happening in the heart of, of Ananias and Sapphira. So there was no way Peter would have known. There was no way anyone would have known. So they went back home and they sold a possession and when they sold the possession listen now whatever the proceed was was still theirs they could decide to come to the church with 25 percent of the proceed and keep back 75 percent they could decide to come to the church with 50 percent and keep back 50 percent all they needed to do was just to come to church with 25% of the proceed and lay, the, and lay the, uh, uh, the amount at the feet of the apostles and walk away. But that was not the motive. They wanted to bring back to the church or bring to the church a portion and keep back a portion, but appear to the church as if they have, they have given everything. And that is the motive that God saw, that no one saw, but God saw that. Well, listen to me, my friend. You might be doing something with the wrong motive, and you might think to yourself, you are the only one that's aware of what you're doing. I need you to understand that you are not the only one that's aware of what you're doing. The Holy Spirit is aware of your motive. The Holy Spirit is aware of the condition of your heart. The Holy Spirit is aware of the condition of your heart. And I think that is where a lot of people are missing it. They fail to understand that you might hide it from men, but you cannot hide it from God. Verse 3 says, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Watch verse 4. While it remained, was it not your own? Yes, it was his own. And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Yes, it was in his control. But why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You see, when I tell you the gift of the word of knowledge, it's not what you study in school. It is not your intellect. It's not your ability. It's not how smart you are. No, because Peter was a smart man, but Peter could not have known what had happened because it was something that they had conceived in their hearts. You don't know the heart of man until God exposes it. You don't know the heart of people until God reveals their heart to you. It was in your control. But why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. 
So how did Peter know he was lying? Peter knew he was lying because the gift of the word of knowledge was in operation. Peter knew by this gift that what Ananias had presented to the church was not the entire thing. And Peter did not just know that the price was wrong. Peter also knew that the motive of this man was wrong. Can someone say amen? Why has Satan filled your heart? Who, who saw that in the natural? Nobody saw that in the natural. So it could only be supernatural for Peter to know what Ananias had done. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now, the Bible talks about another guy named Ananias, not this one that dropped down and died. This one is in Acts chapter 9. You can read from verse number 10. The Bible says that this Ananias in Acts chapter 9 was in, was in Damascus. Remember when Paul was going to Damascus? He wanted to arrest those who were uh, servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the way to Damascus, he was struck down uh, from his horse. And he heard the voice. And, and Jesus appeared unto him. And, and he was blind. And when he went into Damascus, he was there. And, and the Bible tells us that God appeared to um, Ananias in a vision and God told him to go to a street called Straight and inquire of a man called Saul who had also seen a vision of Ananias laying his hands on him to receive his sight. So this disciple, now I want you to notice that Ananias here was a disciple. Ananias was not an apostle. He was not a prophet. He was not a pastor. He was not an evangelist. He was not a teacher. He was not one of the fivefold ministry. He was a disciple. Many of you watching this right now, you are not in a fivefold ministry, but you are a disciple. And the reason why I'm stressing the fact that he was a disciple is so that you understand that these nine gifts of the Holy Ghost are not for a special class of people. Because this is important. Some people think, oh, it's for those that are into full-time ministry. Now, for me, in full-time ministry, it is necessary that I am in, I am it's necessary that I operate in the gifts of the Spirit, not as I will, but as the Spirit of God wills. Because for the office that God has given to each of us in the ministry, there are some of the gifts that are prominent. There are some of the gifts that just need to constantly manifest. And if you, if you are open and you're, you're hungry and you are, you are desiring that these gifts will manifest in and through your life and ministry, yes, the Holy Spirit will use you because it is necessary that you operate in these gifts to be a blessing to the people you're ministering to. Don't forget when we read in 1 Corinthians 12, it says when these gifts are in operation, they benefit the church. It says these gifts manifest for the profit of all. So these gifts need to manifest and operate in and through my life to benefit the members of the church. Right? So we understand that if you're in the full-time ministry, yes, it has to operate and, and it operates even at a much higher rate. It operates at a much higher anointing. That is a fact. But I want you to understand that Ananias here in the book of Acts 9 was a disciple. And notice what happened in a vision. One of the ways that the gift of the word of knowledge operate is through a vision. Everyone say a vision. Amen. One of the ways it operates is through vision. Say vision. And I don't, want, I don't have time 
there are different kinds of vision, okay? But one of the ways the gift of the word of knowledge operate is through vision. Praise God. And so, he sees a vision, right? So this man now is, is also operating in the gift of the word of knowledge because he sees a vision. In his vision, the Lord said to him, uh, go to the street called Straight, right? Gives him the name of the street. And I want you to ask or inquire of a man called Saul. Okay, so God gives him the name of the street and God gives him the name of the man. If you look at the ministry of prophets, you will see, not just in our day and time, I, I think what's happening lately with the ministry of some very, you know, solid, authentic, legitimate prophets in our day and time, they tell you the name of your street, they tell you the name of your family members, the names of your family members, they even call out your own name and stuff like that. Some of these, some of these men of God, I'm telling you, are operating by the Spirit of God. I don't want to say all of them, but some of them are operating by the Spirit of God. But this is not a new phenomenon. This happened back in the Old Testament. This happened also in the New Testament. So it is a, it is a good thing. We also see that with, a, with Jesus in his ministry. When Philip called Nathaniel, <coughs> and, and Philip said, Nathaniel, come, we have seen the Messiah. And, and Nathaniel said, where is he from? And Philip said, he is from Nazareth. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But Philip said, okay, come and see. Come see for yourself. When Nathanael walked close to Jesus, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Nathanael, called him by his name, knew him by name. That's the gift of the word of knowledge. Nathanael, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael was amazed. He said, how come you know me? Jesus went further to say, when you were under the fig tree, watch this now, that happened, right? That already happened. Because he was under the fig tree. So the gift of the word of knowledge revealed to you what has happened. Jesus said, when you were under the fig tree, before Nathaniel came to, before Philip came to call you, I saw you. Come on now, say amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Now, so Nathaniel falls before the master and, and worshipped him. And Jesus said, do you believe because of what I just told you? I've just revealed to you by the gift of the word of knowledge, and you believe it. And then Jesus went for that to say, you shall even see more. Now, Jesus is now declaring the gift of the word of wisdom. That began to operate because the gift of the word of wisdom, when we get there, you will see that it speaks about the future. The gift of the word of knowledge speaks about the past and the present, but the gift of the word of knowledge reveals the future. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, Nathaniel... He's blown away. He's amazed because Jesus just told him what had happened when Philip, or before Philip came to call him, that he was under the fig tree. So he's amazed. Whoa, how did you know that? Jesus said, now you will see. Now Jesus begins to declare the future. That's the gift of the word of wisdom. One of the things you must understand is the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom sometimes are so interwoven. They work together together. Uh, uh, you are seeing stuff, and then as you're seeing what has happened or what's happening, then the gift of the word of wisdom kicks in, and you begin to see what is going to happen or how this thing needs to unfold. Praise the Lord. Anybody getting anything today? Is this a blessing? Praise God. Let me say this again. This is not exclusive to some very special people, special forces in the body of Christ. 
Can someone say amen? We're going to begin to see this increase in our church. We're going to begin to see these gifts increase in our ministry. Uh, we're going to see, begin to see this, these mighty manifestations of the Holy Ghost amongst us here at the river. If you believe it, say amen. Hallelujah. So back in Acts 9, so, G, so, so he sees a vision, and now sees a vision. Go and inquire in the street called Straight of a man named Saul. Watch this now. For he himself has seen a vision. So Saul himself had seen a vision. And he saw in his vision Ananias. Ananias laying his hands upon him that he might watch this receive his sight. So Saul was seeing Ananias and getting the name of Ananias in his vision. And Ananias on the other side of Damascus was seeing Saul and getting the address of where Saul was. That is the gift of the word of knowledge. Do you also remember the story of Naaman? Naaman the Syrian, back under the Old Testament. The Bible says that Naaman had won so many victories for the people of Syria. But he was a leper. He was a military general, but he was a leper. And so we understand that Naaman had to go to Samaria. And when he went to Samaria, he met with, actually, Elisha didn't come out to meet Naaman. Elisha sent a message to Naaman to say to Naaman, go to the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. And if you would do that, you will be cleansed. You know the story, Naaman hesitated. Naaman didn't want to do that. But his servants came and they spoke to him, come on, come on, please do it. But we have better rivers in, 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 in Syria. Why didn't he send me to the uh, better rivers in Syria? Why Jordan? Just obey the man of God. Go do it. And so he goes to the Jordan River. He dips seven times. He comes out of the river. And his body was cleansed. Leprosy left him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he got excited. Now watch this. He comes back to Elisha, the man of God. And he returns back with gifts. He returned back with, with, with precious stuff. This is one aspect where so many people are missing it. Oh, pray for me. And you pray for them and they get blessed and they take off. I told the story of the man <coughs> I was called up to pray for. And I went to the hospital, prayed for him. And uh, he came out of coma because he was in coma. came out of coma. And, and, and interestingly... He told me, uh, guess was a couple of months after he came out of coma. He knew I was the one that came to pray for him. Came out of coma. Months later, he came out. He went, uh, consulted with another church and said he wanted to do a Thanksgiving service there. And that was dumb. That was dumb. Anyways, just forget that. <coughs> so Naaman comes back to Eli Elisha with gifts. In appreciation for what God has done in his life through the man of God. But watch this. Elisha said, is it time to receive gifts? Ministers of the gospel, that's also a part of receiving that we need to be very sensitive of. Because sometimes people think, oh, uh, Whatever comes, I take. No, no, no. You have to be sensitive also 
in my personal life and ministry, there has been times that I said, no, I'm not, I don't want it. Bless you. Thank you. I'm not going to take that. You, you, you need to be sensitive. You, you can't just expect, you know, to take things all the time. There are times the Holy Spirit will say, no, don't take that. And if the Holy Spirit say, don't take that, don't take it. Is it time to receive gifts? Watch this now. So, so the man, uh, Naaman, takes his stuff and is heading on back to his country, <coughs> to his kingdom. And Elisha's assistant ran after Naaman and lied to Naaman and said, when you just left the house, my, my master received some visitors. And he is asking that you will give him those things so that he will present them to his visitors. But that was a lie. That was not true. But, but the servant of Elisha did that out of greed. So Naaman excitedly gave Elisha's servant the things he had wanted to give to Elisha, which Elisha did not receive. So the servant took those things and went somewhere and hid them. <clears throat> and then he came to the presence of Elisha. And when he came to the presence of Elisha, Elisha said, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? And you know what it, you know what it did? He lied. He lied. And Elisha said to him, did my spirit not go with you? When you went after the Syrian and received those things from him, did my spirit not go with you? See, that's the word of, that's the word of knowledge. Did my spirit not go with you? You see, you, you've got to understand, when you deal, with, when you deal with, with God, and you deal with men of God that know the voice of God and that operate in the gifts of the spirit, you, you, got to, you, you have to tread carefully, cautiously. My spirit went with you. My spirit, have, my spirit have seen things. My spirit have seen things. And, and I have also given people the opportunity to repent. But some people did not take the opportunity when I offered it. Because I'm, I'll call people in and I'll say, um, is this happening? Or what's going on? And when I ask these questions, they know what I mean. Because at the time I'm asking the question, the hand of God is upon that person and the finger of the Holy Spirit is upon that particular thing. Uh, so that was their opportunity to say, yes, I take full responsibility for this and I'm, I'm exposing it before you. Uh, this is what I've been involved in. This is what I've done. Because, you see, that's exactly what Elisha did. Elisha said, where are you coming from? That was the man's opportunity to repent. But no, he did not. He lied. And he had his chance. He had his opportunity. He blew it. So what happened? Elisha now told him, my spirit went with you when you asked Naaman to give you the stuff. And because of what you've done, the leprosy that was upon Naaman shall come upon you and your generation and 
That was how he lost his place. I believe he should have um, succeeded Elisha. Elisha, notice, Elisha was raised by Elijah. Have you not asked yourself the question, why is it that no one succeeded Elisha? Think about that. Elijah raised Elisha, and Elisha had a double portion of the anointing that was upon Elijah. But when Elisha died, there was nobody to take that anointing that was upon his life. And when you study the Bible, the Bible talks about how there was a, there was a funeral, funeral procession, and, and as they were carrying this dead body, uh, uh, suddenly they heard that the enemy was coming, and they threw the dead body, and the dead body fell and rolled and fell upon the grave of Elisha. And when the dead body came in contact with the grave of Elisha, the, the anointing that was in the bones of Elisha shot into the dead man's body and the man came to life. Now we get excited that, wow, what an amazing anointing. What an amazing miracle. Even the dead man's bones raised the dead. What can I tell you? Maybe we shouldn't get excited because of that. The question should be, why was the anointing still left in the bones? Why was the anointing still left in his bones? The anointing should be in the life of someone else. If he got a double portion from Elijah, Elisha should, should get quadruple portion. I mean, so if Elisha got a double portion from Elijah, then the servant here should get a quadruple portion from Elisha. But he failed because of greed. And he was caught. The gift of the word of knowledge. You can also remember this when Saul was, when Saul, the first king of Israel, went looking for his father's sheep. And on their way, his friend or his father's servant said, oh, there is a man of God, a seer in town. Maybe we can go and ask him if he's aware of where your father's sheep is. And when they went to Samuel, what did Samuel say to them? Samuel said, the, the sheep has been found. What you're looking for has been found. How did Samuel know the gift of the word of knowledge? It has been found. Notice it's, the, it's in the past now. It has been found. Now they are worried about you. He even understood, he even knew by the gift of the word of knowledge that the family of Saul are now worried about Saul. <laughs> Praise God. So we can supernaturally know things by the Spirit. Let me say that again. We can supernaturally know things by the Spirit, the gift of the word of knowledge. I'll tell you this quick story. I, I was still a Bible school student when I fell into a trance. It was a, really, I would, I would just, I would consider it a split second, a split second trance. Probably happened in three, four, five seconds. I was sitting with some of my friends at the time. We were Bible school students. At the time, so many people uh, wanted to leave the country, but they, they were leaving the country illegally. They had to get on the boat and cross over to Greece and then eventually go to other European countries. Now, as a Bible school student, I did not believe you had to do that because it was an illegal way 
of traveling out of the country. And I had a couple of my friends who also did not believe in that. Uh, but others did. And I, I was not standing in judgment of anybody, but I just did not believe it was the right thing to do. There was this particular friend of mine, very close friend of mine, who was in Bible school with me. And he also had the same, he held the same belief as me. We just knew that God had to come through for us in this country. We did not want to travel illegally. We did not want to, we did not want to get on a, on a boat that could even sink. Um, we've heard stories of people who got on that boat. They, it's, it, it capsized and uh, uh, it capsided and the people died. So we did not want to get on that. And again, it was wrong to do that. We just didn't want to do that. So with all the stuff we were going through, financial stress, you know, all the stress we were going through at the time, I didn't know that some people have started talking to him and he started to listen to those things. And you see, the more you listen to negativity and you give ear to negativity, the more it affects you. So this friend of mine was listening and people were speaking to him. I don't know who told him, but, but he, had, he at the time decided to, to also get on a boat and travel over to Greece. Now, he, he couldn't tell me because he knew that if he had told me, I would have dissuaded him. I would have discouraged him from doing so. And uh, so he kept it away from me. So one day, he came to visit me in the house. We were sitting with a few of our friends. We were just talking. He was sitting right beside me on my left-hand side. And suddenly, I see a trance. Or I fall into a trance. Right before them. And I'm seeing this movie this I was seeing this movie play out in front of me that's why I said I said this happened I believe one between one to five seconds because I couldn't stay in that realm for two hours without my friends wondering what's happening to this guy but you've got to understand that in the realm of the spirit you can see in five seconds what has happened in one hour? Are you getting my point? But again, it goes back to what I told you earlier. It's, it's the gift of the word of knowledge. It's spiritual insight into the mind of God about something, not the entire details, but it's a gift of the word. Notice not details, but the word of knowledge. And so, as we're sitting there, I fall into a trance <laughs> and I see my friend sitting, the, my, my friend who was sitting beside me, I see him in this movie, in this movie, trying to cross to Greece. This happened in one, one to five seconds. And I came back to myself and I turned to him. I said, you're trying to go to Greece. You don't do it. Wait on the Lord. Don't go to Greece. Wait on the Lord. I told him that. You see, now notice the gift of the word of knowledge revealed to me that the young man was making plans to go to Greece. 
the gift of the word of wisdom, what the gift of the word of wisdom uh, revealed to me that God would make a way for him. And I told him, hey, you're trying to go to Greece. Don't do it. Wait on the Lord. Now, that's the gift of the word of wisdom. Wait on the Lord because the Lord will give you or the Lord will come through for you. And that was it. What my friend was hiding from me, the Holy Spirit showed me. By the gift of the word of knowledge. So the gift of the word of knowledge is an interesting, interesting gift. Praise God. I'll tell you one more and then I'll finish with this. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Many years ago, this time around, I was a pastor. And uh, there was this, this guy who was a member of the discipleship class. Then I was running a 12, um, um, I was running basically uh, the discipleship class at the time, 12 lessons, and I would teach people every Sunday. And this Nigerian guy was a part of the discipleship class. So when the service was over that Sunday morning, People went home, and my wife and I, we went to visit our Filipino friend at the time. So we were just in the house of this, our Filipino friend, when my phone rang. And when my phone rang, somebody was frantic on the other side who called me, said, Pastor, you need to come now. Pastor, you need to come now. Now, but when they called, they did not tell me why they wanted me to come. But by the gift of the word of knowledge, I instantly knew why they wanted me to come. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Now, sometimes the gift of the word of knowledge will come to you as an impression. <clears throat> not a trance, not a vision, <clears throat> but an impression. Pastor, come now, come now. And uh, I said, I'm coming. And when I hung up the phone, my wife asked me, do you know why they're asking you to come? I said, yes, I know why they're asking me to come. I knew instantly. Why they were asking me to come without telling me. I just knew. So this is not something you study in school. This is not something you learn. You just know. So I knew. And uh, I told my wife, don't worry. I know why they're asking me to come. And so I went over there and I dealt with it. The young man was dealing with some demonic issues. By the grace of God, I was able to pray for him. And this, this midget, now, now watch this. When I was praying for him, um, just in a room, between, uh, just both of us in one room. I mean, nobody wanted to even be in the room, of course. Just me and him in the room. And I prayed. And, and when he fell out under the power of God, I said, yes, he is free. I just knew he was free. How did I know? Well, in my spirit. Yeah, he's free. And I left him. And I told some of his roommates, I said, cover him with a blanket because it was winter. I don't want him to catch cold, so cover him with a blanket. But when he gets up, you will discover that the young man is free, I said. So I walked away, left, went back home. Next day, I visited again. So when I went the next day, he was telling me, he said to me that when you prayed, he said, I saw this, this midget, this midget thing, this demon. This, he said, this thing, this thing was short. He said, this spirit... He said, this spirit walked out of me. That's out of him, not out of me. <laughs> this spirit walked out of him, he said, because he was telling me the story. He said, the spirit walked out of me. It, it was so short, a midget devil 
And when this spirit was walking out, this spirit was so upset at you, looked at you angrily, but walked away. That was how the Lord set him free. Amen. But you see, the Lord already told me what I was going to deal with when that phone call came through. So the gift of the word of knowledge will tell you what, is, what has happened in the past and what is happening now. I'm telling you, my friends, we need the gift of the word of knowledge in our church. We need the gift of the word of knowledge operating in our church. We need it. We need it.